Welcome to the Mental Debriefing Podcast with your host, Peter Tam. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Mental Debriefing Podcast. I am your host, Peter Tam, and today's date is... We are in the early morning hours of March 19, 2020, so this is episode 22, and certainly a lot has happened since the last Mental Debriefing Podcast uh, episode has aired, so uh, let's go over all the exciting events that has happened. Um, first off, um, I basically the last time I saw Leslie, my co-host and now former co-host, we had um, her husband Frank was was working and then it was the night of the Nate Diaz fight, I believe. Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal were fighting for the BMF belt, and we had uh, decided to go watch said big fight, Um, but Nate Diaz is a really popular um, MMA figure, so uh, what ended up happening was um, we had decided to... Uh, meet up. I said a meet up time at six thirty, which was a bit too late for such a big MMA event. And usually I go to Dave and Buster's, so I said, "Oh yeah, let's go to Dave and Buster's in Orange." But it turned out they were packed, and then um, so we were scrambling to find a place to go watch MMA, and we had an idea to go to Hooters also, but. Leslie missed a turn, or that's what she claims, and uh, long story short, we ended up going to, uh, um, was it a Buffalo Wild Wings? Yeah, uh, the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings in, um, in, her, in her neighborhood there, and uh, we ended up watching said MMA fights, there was a cover charge of 10 bucks we had to share share a table with people and uh yeah turned out to be a a good mma event and after that happened we were going to do a recap about the fights and uh you know record another uh, one of these podcasts but um turns out that um that was the last time i saw her so it's been like what five months um, time, time's been going by really fast lately, and I haven't seen Leslie since then, and we, we've been in contact, obviously, and they, she's, she's really busy, because she's starting her new career, and she also, her and her husband, uh, they are starting a new journey together, uh, as, they're potentially entering parenthood, so congrats to them on that. And yeah, so from now on, it looks like the podcast it's going to be me talking 
and whatever guests that I can scrounge up. Um, so if anybody wants to be on the podcast, let me know. So regarding the future content of this podcast, definitely I'm no nutrition expert. I'm not a registered dietitian like Leslie, so uh, more than likely we're going to dial down on the nutrition talk. I do like, uh, you know, I, I am interested in nutrition, but I don't have any medical authority based on or uh, yeah, I don't have any medical authority or or um, certifications or anything to validate what I'm saying. So it's it's not going to be good if, if I'm uh, rattling off uh, nutrition advice for you guys. So I'm going to talk about what I know best, which are current events, real estate, business-related topics, pop sociology, stuff like that. Um, sports, of course, or viewing sports on a uh, MMA level. You know, I obviously like MMA, so I, I like to watch it as well. So I, I might be talking about that some. Uh, and yeah, just business, life in general, stuff like that. Um, life updates since that time. I've I had another birthday, so uh, yeah, I'm getting up there in age. And uh, yeah, this, this in your 30s journey is really goes by quick. And uh, yeah, you definitely learn a lot. So, which brings us to our first topic, which is I am officially still employed at Amazon in the warehouse, in the in their Amazon logistics warehouse. Which basically, uh, long story short, if you didn't listen to the episode which I talk about it, I last year. As a realtor, the deals weren't coming in, so in order to stay afloat financially, I, I made the decision to... Uh, first, I went on a tour to an Amazon facility. They do have tours where you can go to the... <clears throat> they have certain lo- warehouse locations um, around the U.S. and internationally where they let people uh, basically tour their facility and uh, tour a uh, one of their uh, what they call the FC fulfillment centers which are really really nice if you go on a tour it's like the nicest most high-tech warehouse distribution center you've ever seen so uh, after that tour of course I uh, you know it was in my mind so I was like hey I need some spare change and I've never done a blue collar job before, uh, or you know I, I have done some temp, temp wise. So, uh, but that was way long time ago. So I was like, hmm, I've I've never worked technically in a warehouse before. So uh, why not? Uh, it's a new experience in life, uh, as they say. Yolo, you only live once. So, <laughs> is that what it's called? Yeah, you only live once. Yeah, Yolo, Yolo County. So. Uh, in, in May, late May, 
I, I signed up and I started at uh, an Amazon logistics warehouse in Chino. And yeah, it's a, it's a good learning experience. You learn definitely how to work fast. Amazon expects a lot from the workers. They treat you like adults and you have to produce and or you basically learn how to work fast and and learn how to um you know work smarter not harder because you're dealing with a lot of packages every day uh, most of the positions you are required to lift a certain amount and yeah you need to uh, go, you need to learn, learn how to, um, basically work smarter and not harder. Use leverage, of course, and do a lot of things that, you know, our, our basic instinct, especially as men, our basic instinct is just, I'm going to power through something and I'm going to, um, you know, manhandle a box or something like that. But uh, shockingly enough, a, a lot of the fastest people in the warehouse are definitely not the strongest ones. And physical strength and working fast and productive. Uh, sometimes they, uh, they don't really correlate. So uh, a lot of the physically strong, strongest people are not necessarily the fastest workers. And... Many times, um, the, the, the fastest workers are actually not, uh, not extremely physically strong. Um, a, lo a lot of the workers in the warehouse that are really fast are actually women. So go figure, right? It's, you need a, it's not about physical strength, even though you're dealing with a lot of heavy, heavy boxes. It's, uh, it's about learning how to use leverage and, and, um, there is some smarts involved with working in the warehouse, using leverage, using using your brains, and uh, just moving fast. There's there's regular movement, and then uh, once you get a hang of something, you can move much quicker. So that's been going on for a long time. Now since last, you know, it's been going on since last May. So I went through the summer months, which were kind of kind of rough because in the summer, of course. The warehouse is in air conditioned, so you're doing physical physical labor in in an unair conditioned environment. Sometimes ninety degrees, ninety ninety five degrees, and uh, it can it can get strenuous. And then the amount of water you drink, of course, is you drink a lot of water because it is very it's very long. So you sweat a lot because you're using a lot of for a lot of energy and that along with the heat you s it causes you to sweat a lot which you need to replenish your fluids so it's like one shift you can drink like more than 64 ounces of water and then you'll still be really thirsty at the end now that winter has arrived of course and we're close to be headed to spring the warehouse um, it's obviously much easier to work in, in a warehouse when it's winter time because it's not blazing hot and, and yeah. And then I had a, uh, so, sometimes when I, here's a, here's a side story that's related to working in a warehouse. I, um, 
a lot of times I like to fall asleep on the couch uh, while watching TV. And I did that one night. And somehow I had my left wrist, I'm left-handed by the way, my left wrist had, had um, you know, as I was sleeping, my head was over my left wrist or some something. And then I ended up spraining my wrist and, or twisting it weird, which is a sprain. And when I woke up, my wrist wasn't feeling well. So, you know, I went to work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it didn't feel too bad. And over the week, it eventually felt better. But then during the weekend, I was like, because sometimes when you're feeling better or a body part, you know, you kind of test it out. Let's say, you know, you broke a finger or whatever, and then it's been healing up for a few months. So, of course, you're going to. Um, you're going to be, te be testing it along the way to, to see if it uh, feels better or not. And of course I was testing my wrist and the, the end result of said testing the wrist was I ended up, uh, hurting my wrist much, much worse. So I did end up having to buy a wrist guard and I continued working because it was just a, a strain, a sprain wrist, and then it it turned out that I ended up like during during the week, you know, when you're working, um, the wrist didn't feel well. Obviously, then it would heal heal back up like during my off days because I I work three days at the warehouse, four days off, and then. Um, and then once I went to work again, the wrist would, uh, feel messed up again. And then, so that's been going on for like two months. And then finally I re-aggravated the wrist again, um, right when it was feeling, uh, you know, back to normal again, um, at work. Um, and they said I needed to see a medical, uh, a medical professional if I wanted to, uh, you know, have a modification of my work duties. So I did that. And, um, anyways, so I, I've been off work since they're still reviewing paperwork, um, because of the coronavirus. Um, Amazon was struck a bit hard with the coronavirus because a lot of the workforces in Seattle, of course, in Seattle had a, a lot of, um, coronavirus issues so so yeah so so they were backed up I need a case manager to review my stuff etc etc so I'm still not at work I'm not getting paid for this little uh, sick leave thing um, because it wasn't a work-related injury but of course you know obviously my sick days and all that stuff doesn't count against me but it's just um, I'm uh, I'm not at the warehouse right now, even though it's really really busy, uh, due to the uh, increased demand um, that Amazon is facing because of the coronavirus. Um, so, so yeah, that's going on. Um, like right now, it's uh, one thirty a.m. in the morning on a Thursday. <coughs> Basically, it's overnight between Wednesday and Thursday which typically I'd be uh, in the warehouse right now. Um, with that said, uh, you know, the 
the the job of it originally was supposed to be a temporary type of thing and then I've, I've ended up being there like eight months now so I, I do have a long-term plan to not work in a warehouse anymore because it is physical and I do have a master's degree and I am a realtor so hopefully things uh, ho hopefully I make some uh, decisions along the way here that can uh, lead me eventually out, out of the warehouse and into a more uh, normal uh, office type environment which I used to work um, 10 years straight and now suddenly I'm I'm in a warehouse situation. Uh, real estate-wise, um, the real estate market continues to be very hot. Uh, that was until the the basically the the shit hit the fan regarding the coronavirus. Um, <coughs> the start of the year, of course, was was going very well for the real estate market. Well, in terms of the sellers, there was definitely a lot of activities. Uh, I mean, a lot of activity. A lot of people were buying houses. But um, in the last week, um, in the last week, the last two weeks, uh, the, the hammer has basically been dropped in the U.S. And... Everyone's under a severe lockdown. Well, not not quite a lockdown, but basically all the restaurants are closed right now. A lot of businesses have sent their workers home to work from home. Schools are shuttered. So because there's uncertainty in the air, I believe home prices will be uh, going down. So so we'll 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 see. If that happens, but typically in times of uncertainty, which definitely uh, these last two weeks <coughs> have been and um, in, in the future up to uh, I'm guessing through April 30th, it's going to be uncertain times. So when there is uncertain times, people tend to, you know, well, when times are uncertain, people tend to not want to big money at uh, you know make big time purchases whether it's a house or a car things like that um, you know how, how can you muster muster a hundred two hundred thousand dollar down payment when it's hard even to buy toilet paper at your local supermarket so yeah um, which brings us to our third topic which is, of course, the coronavirus. And, yeah, uh, the coronavirus has been going on for quite some time now. Um, it started in China, probably uh, November, December 2019. And things were raging in China. It started in Wuhan province. And now the origin of the coronavirus is in the in debate. Basically, um, <coughs> there's a question of whether 
it started um, because someone drank like a bad soup or something, or or if it's um, at there was this wet market in Wuhan, where apparently everyone at this wet market got a lot of people got infected because um, because that's apparently where the disease leaped from an animal to to humans. So who knows? Um, but there was also a lab in that market that um, that was like testing testing stuff regarding SARS and all this stuff. Uh, basically, like a um, uh, a chemical lab, not a chemical lab, like a bio bio something lab, a bio test lab. I don't know. I don't know what you call those. Um, but that lab was there and which was close to this this uh wet market as well so it's unknown if there was something leaked out of that which caused the coronavirus or something in the in the wet market caused the coronavirus but um so things are raging in china and uh, you know being a chinese american myself uh, of course i have family and then you know, my, my dad's been keeping uh, intense tabs regarding the coronavirus and um, first for while it was going on strong in China and Cali and uh, you know California USA was still relatively um, victimless at that point we we had stopped eating at Chinese restaurants and we just went to Coco's every Sunday because our chances of getting sick there would um would be less according to my dad because there's less people from china less people from wuhan that would end up being at a coco's <laughs> so um yeah so we just went to uh coco's for a while but once the coronavirus hit more seriously in into the uh, American shores. My dad just stopped uh, going out and eating completely. So he's just at home right now, which, um, you know, the uh, governor of California, Gavin Newsom, has recommended people over the age of uh, 65 stay at home um, or shelter in place or whatever you call it, self-quarantine um, for safety's sake as, as long you know, at least through the end of March, looks like things are going to um, be serious till April 30th. We'll see. Um, so, yeah. And that's, that's what's been going on regarding the coronavirus. And I've noticed that... Uh, what do you have to say about all this hoarding? Um... I'm not a fan of a lot of the hoarding. It's just... Because uh, a long time ago, I took um, CERT uh, -E certification, which is, um, in times of emergency, um, basically, there is a civilian non-firefighter force that, that can spring into action to help during emergencies. Um like um you know like during hurricane katrina or whatever um 
when when the firefighters are taxed. So I was part of that team, and then they taught you, um, you know, what to buy during emergencies, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, certainly buying several packets of toilet paper. Uh, while it's it's prudent, eventually it's not the number number one priority to do so. Um, you know, if you have several rolls, you can you know. You can last quite a while. You don't need, even for a family, if you had just have one of those big Costco things, Costco or Sam's Club, that toilet paper will last your family a while. So I don't get this whole thing where they buy several of those at Costco. It's just, it's just overkill. And then now because several of those people have bought them, then several others, then everyone else has to follow suit or else they'll, they'll miss their chance at said toilet paper and. It just creates the whole chaos regarding everything. Um, toilet paper, I'm, I'm good. Paper towels, I do need some. So, still on the prowl for those. And, uh, yeah, I know this episode is boring. It's just me yammering on about stuff. But I don't have a guest, so that's what's, that's what's going to be happening. If you guys have questions to send... Please send those in. I want this to be interactive and I want, you know, things to, uh, you know, I, I want to create an exciting episode for you guys so you guys have something to listen to during your drives home, during your commutes. And one of the things I notice that people, they don't care about organic stuff during emergencies. <laughs> And they just buy, like, the cheapest stuff. Um, like, Top Ramen noodles were sold out, like, at several places. Uh, um, your cup of noodles, stuff like that. Um, instant ramen, whatever you call it. Uh, all those are sold out. Everyone's, like, when I went to Sprouts, all, all, the, all the chicken was sold out. But then seafood... Like, no one touched the seafood at all, which was really, really weird. It wasn't weird if you think about it culturally, because Americans, they don't eat seafood a lot. They don't eat fish a lot. So, they're, you know, you see online, everyone's complaining, oh my god, the shelves are empty. Then you go to the store, there's actually, like, a lot of stuff in the store. It's just that um, people, they don't want to buy something. Um... Because they usually don't eat it. Like, for example, fish. Even though, you know, when you're starving, you're going to eat a fish, right? Even if you don't like it. Because that's protein. Um, and then, like, like at Sprouts, all the non-organic stuff, a lot of the non-organic fruits were sold out. But then the organic fruits was, like, still very, very well stocked. So, it just goes to show in times of emergency, people want to go with the bang for their buck versus the the organic or the health or so-called healthy because i i also noticed like specialty stores like um trader joe's and uh whole foods and sprouts while they were super super busy as well as regular supermarkets uh people gravitated more towards those regular supermarkets and costco and sam's club because they wanted to buy bulk 
uh, items and hoard versus, uh, you know, going going to the uh, these specialty markets and getting organic foods. So people want more bang for their buck. And uh, yeah, so if you want to find stuff or if your place is uh, running low on stock, you know, just try to eat something different for once. Try to expand your horizons regarding food and you'll be surprised uh, what you'll learn. This is a unprecedented, unprecedented time in in our life's history i guess so yeah things are going to be different so why don't you enjoy it and uh, try to experiment uh, with trying out some new foods that you normally wouldn't eat is that so hard i mean come on people like you see people like carrying out like three gallons of milk and then it's like do you guys really drink three freaking gallons of milk it's like that's like really hard to finish even like if you have like a family of five if you've finished like three three gallon jugs of milk that's like oh my god you have to drink a lot of milk and uh certainly me growing up in an asian family we just couldn't drink that uh quantity of milk i wish i had because then i'd be much taller but nope that didn't happen um other than that it's it's really weird in the streets because uh, seeing things that are completely empty now the streets really are empty uh, like I was driving the 71 freeway tonight and it was very 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 empty <laughs> there was like you, you see like a car on the other side of the freeway like once every three seconds so that's very very infrequent um yeah i'm still doing the DoorDash, of course even during this uh coronavirus the DoorDash itself has uh, there's there's far fewer customers doing DoorDash, or uh, ordering DoorDash now because uh, a lot of people bought a lot of food obviously they've they've uh, hoarded up a lot of food at the from the supermarkets and now they're actually eating all that food that they bought. So because of that, they don't want to, they don't want to eat the, um, eat the, what do you call it? Uh, they don't want to order out anymore because they have a bunch of food at home that they just bought. So there's far less DoorDash orders in my experience and there's obviously less travel now because of the coronavirus and because of that the the less travel then um less people order doordash because a lot of the doordash business is you go to hotels and stuff because uh you know when people are on a business travel trip many times they don't have access to a car and they don't really want to eat like room service or whatever so they just order DoorDash, then you pick up the food and you bring it to their hotel room and you drop it off. So there's obviously much less of that business now because there's much less people um, doing business trips right now or, or traveling in general. So yeah, the, the DoorDash business has definitely slowed down. Um... 
yeah, don't have much else to say right now. Everything's coronavirus centric right now. Do I think the U.S. responded appropriately and in time? Yes. Um, I th I think this they were probably a week a week or two late, but there there's a certain thing. It it's like until enough people are in, infected, it's hard just to take a lot of action because then people will say you're overreacting. And you don't want to dis you, you as a government official, you don't want to disrupt businesses uh, for no reason, right? And you, you don't want to just randomly shut down shut down towns for no reason, or in the case of Nevada, shut down their lifeblood, which is the casinos. So it's it's really not a it, it it's it's hard as a government entity to know when to take Take these types of things seriously um, and, and shut down everything and take drastic measures if if you look at the countries that have performed well a lot of those countries are in Asia primarily Singapore and Taiwan because they they had have had great um, uh, experiences with uh, you know, with SARS and the avian flu, they've they've uh, experienced a lot of that before H one N one, of course. So they're more cognizant of how to react during these types of virus outbreaks, and yeah, they're more aware of everything. So it's easier for them to implement a large scale operation like that. Whereas in Western societies, particularly in Europe and you know, kind of in the U.S. USA, because those others weren't as severe, you know, SARS, H1N1, etc. Then there wasn't a, a psychological need, if you will, for those peoples and their governments to take drastic actions, because um, you know, SARS and avian flu and all that stuff. It mostly was Asia oriented, and Europe and, and the states were primarily sheltered from uh, a lot of the worst that happened during those outbreaks. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously what happened in Seattle was tragic because a lot of firefighters got infected going to that nursing home. Um, but yeah, it, it takes a lot for a government to shut things down, of course. So... We're in very unprecedented times, and every day is an adventure, so hopefully things will calm down soon. I hope that's the case, but it looks like we're in for a long haul, at least through April 30th, so, you know, enjoy... It makes you enjoy life more and enjoy the privileges and the, of freedom and going outside and, you know, go, going dancing or stuff like that. Because right now all of that's cut off. 
Um, even the mere act of going to a restaurant and eating at a restaurant now, that experience is gone. So, I definitely myself will will be more appreciative of all the things in life once this whole thing blows over. And yeah, um, I'm still single. I'm I'm getting worried now because I did turn turn another year older, um, and yeah, I need to find need to find a girlfriend. I need to find a wife. Um, so yeah, that's that's the uh, wife search twenty twenty is still ongoing, and yeah. Hopefully, I strike gold soon and get things going in that portion of my life. So, yeah, a lot of things going on. I hope you guys do well and you're surviving the coronavirus outbreak, being more productive at home, getting things done at home that you normally wouldn't. And other than that, if uh, you have any questions feel free to dm me um i'm vision of tam at on instagram i'm vision of tam all one word and you can email the podcast mental debriefing at gmail.com other than that that's all i have to say so have a good one guys adios